welcome to Quilting Business Success, the podcast where we interview quilters just like you who have turned their passion for quilting into a profitable long-arm quilting business. I'm your host, Andrew Weaver, and in each episode, we'll bring you stories of quilters who had the same doubts and fears that every quilter has when they think about pursuing their quilting dreams. But these quilters moved forward anyway, despite their fears, and today, you'll hear their stories. Well, everybody, welcome to Quilting Business Success. Um, we're going to give a couple of minutes for uh, people to get on here um, before we actually uh, begin. But we will be having a conversation today with uh, Connie Mouncy, right? Did I yes. pronounce that right? Good. Okay. And uh, if any of you are the... Uh, visiting us for the first time on this podcast. Uh, this is a podcast that is designed to uh, inspire, encourage, educate, and inform people who uh, uh, may be starting a quilting business or thinking about starting a quilting business uh, or or somewhere along the path of uh, working their quilting business. So I, I will mention while we let people join the webinar that um when you uh when you go to um access the prior recorded episodes um one super easy way to do it is to uh go to the youtube channel and um if you search for quilting business success on youtube you'll find the channel and so um all of them are there except the ones where we lost the video footage uh, and so there are a couple, no, it's not just you actually, we're missing episode one too. I looked there and oh, you did it too. Well, we had the, we had the audio for episode one, but we didn't have the video, so it's not on YouTube, but most of them are there. And, um, I think whenever you're, uh, piecing a block or putting a binding on or some other kind of, you know, uh, work that has your hands busy, um, it's not a bad thing to play these podcasts up in the corner on YouTube on your TV. Um, also, if you know how to do uh, how uh, podcasts work, you can use your podcast um, player that's on your phone or Spotify or something. And that way it downloads them onto your phone so that if you're doing a, a long drive in the car or something, or if you want to play the episode so that your husband knows what you're thinking about, and maybe you can kind of brainwash him a little bit into a little bit of understanding what you know about the quilting business so that he also knows a little bit about the quilting business and is more comfortable with it. The last thing I'll say before we get rolling is that at the bottom of the screen, if you are attending, uh, there is a, a, attending the live. Session. Five, yes. yeah, there's a Q&A down at the bottom and uh, we'll check that periodically. And so you can type a little question for for Connie down there and uh, we'll check it once in a while and uh, read the question and, and see what she has to say. So with that. Why don't you introduce yourself, Andrew? Oh, well, I could introduce you too. This is sitting next to me is the uh, ever handsome Bobby Ware. Uh, he is our, uh, sure. one of our tech support uh, gurus that people, uh, I was going to say people pay good money to spend 15 minutes with you, but it's not true. We do it it's for free. It's free. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm free. Yes. Yep. Um, and uh, I am uh, Andrew Weaver. Um, I am the machine whisperer here at Gamble. Um, I handle um, 
technician training and uh, some of those programs that we do. And uh, I love, love, love this podcast. So, so tonight we have uh, Connie Mouncey here with us. And Connie, what, what part of the country, uh, where, where do you live? I live in Moreland, Oklahoma. It's in Northwest Oklahoma. Is that, I mean, it's not the name of a city that I recognize. Is it rural? No, it, the population is about 2,500. Okay. So would you consider that out in the boondocks? Yes, I am okay. out in the boondocks. <laughs> so Connie, um, uh, how long have you been long arming? I started in um, 2012. That's when I bought my machine, but my mom had one. But hers was a, a hunk of junk, and um, it was really difficult to use. She tried to give it to me, and we decided to buy a new one. But it was enough to spike your interest that you you enjoyed oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yes, I did. Hmm. So what made you decide to long arm then? I mean, she had a hunk of junk. You didn't want that, but you did want to I... get the quilts done. Well, um, we had recently adopted our one of our grandchildren, and so I really needed to be at home, and I enjoyed quilting, and so we just decided to to try. Um, we just kind of jumped in with both feet. Mm -hmm. How how old was the grandchild at that time? Four. Oh yeah, that's a good good reason to want to be home. Yes, she was tiny. <laughs> So did you, uh, uh, when you first got a long arm uh, yourself, did you get it, uh, w was your intention to start a business at that time or or was yes. it more just for home? No, it was for our business purposes. Um, I don't know. It was just something I could do at home and I could make my own hours. If I want to get up early in the morning, I could work early. Or if I wanted to work late at night, I could work late at night. And I just, it, it just kind of worked for me. Mm -hmm. And when you first start, did, was that, was your first long arm, was, was it a gamble or, or not? Yes, it was a gamble. It's the same one that I have now. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's still going it's strong after riding. all these years, huh? Yes, yes. What was that you said? I, I stepped on your words there. It's hand-guided. It's not computerized. Okay. Is it a, a, a what, what type it's of a machine vision. It's a Vision 2610 with a 12-foot table. Mm -hmm. I looked at some of the quilts that you had posted on your Facebook page, and mm -hmm. I had thought you had a Statler because no. one, of the, one of the pantographs <laughs> that I looked at uh, would have been pretty difficult to do by hand. So kudos to you for the skill, obviously, <laughs> on that. It it looked computer. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um. So uh, you've got the same machine today. Have you, have you done any upgrades to it? Sometimes people do. No, I haven't done anything to it. Mm -hmm. I just thing. oil it and love it. Mm-hmm. We can talk to you about upgrades later. So, <laughs> I was, I was, I was just thinking about that. You know, sometimes it, I, it's amazing how many times uh, we will uh, do a service on somebody's machine, and it's been 10, 15, 20 years, and uh, a lot of times people don't even think about upgrades. 
Um, and it's a little dangerous to do an upgrade because you start seeing these new features rolling. And it's like, well, I could also upgrade this and I could also upgrade that because <laughs> uh, those upgrades, they usually give you more time back in your day. So how, how did you know, or did you know, how did you know that there was enough long arm quilting business in your area to support another long arm quilter? Well, I had gone to a lady, Paula Santi, on her house. He lived there in Enid, and she had a gamel, and I tried hers out, and she just thought or kept telling me how, you know, I could do this if I wanted to do it. If I wanted it bad enough, I could do it. And um, so she has been my go-to if I have problems or questions or anything. She was always there for me. So when and when you started, were were you in the the same town that you're in now? Yes, I'm in the same place. Mm -hmm. it, it, and your friend who had, she already had a gamble, I guess. Uh, she, how far away uh, is that from your it's, home? Where it's you about an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow! And she just she just really encouraged you and said you could do this. She was a representative for Gamble. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah she did she said some people you can tell that they could do it and other people you know they were had to work at it harder but she really thought I had a knack for it mm -hmm. well it looks like she might have been right so <laughs> when you first started tell us a little bit about when you first started um did you uh have some customers right off the bat was it something you had to work well, with and tell, tell us a little bit I have my mom and my mom has all these quilting friends and they graciously let me quilt on their quilts. And I really didn't practice very much either, but um, they let me start practicing on their quilts. And uh, we have some quilt stores that I'd go to and visit with people and, you know, tried to buy stuff from them and talk to them and, and stuff like that. And I joined a guild and um that helped also and my biggest problem though was my age a, a lot of people didn't think that um i knew what i was doing i guess you're a young whippersnapper that didn't know <laughs> right. how to do it <laughs> right well i'll tell you was it just last week we or the week before we had an 18 year old uh uh, quilter on here with us well and he he mentioned multiple times that people would look at him at his age and they would be reluctant to send a quilt but mm -hmm. the proof is in the finished quilts you know the pictures yes. or the videos of the finished quilt it's like well you know i may be young but look at what mm -hmm. i did you know right yeah so it sounds like you had a lot of uh, a lot of word of mouth uh, yes, I have a lot of word of mouth. I've not ever really advertised anywhere, but um, also all the quilters in my area have died. I'm just about the only long arm quilter anymore. Well, that, that, that's, that's the advantage from start, starting a little bit young. You, you can, mm -hmm. if you can't beat them, you can outlive them anyway, huh? Right, <laughs> but it's sad <laughs> because I miss them. <laughs> yeah. Well, not to overgeneralize, but a lot of times, I mean, to, to generalize, a lot of times people are towards the end of their normal working years. They're like, 
about 50 years of age, give or take. And that's when they decide to take up long arm quilting as a career. And you've got a good 15 or 20 years before you slow down and your health and, you know, all the things. So, I mean, it is, it's not a job that you do for 50 years unless you start at 18. Right. <laughs> exactly. He might do it. He might. Yeah. So, um, so that's how you found the customers and now you've got more customers than you can shake a stick at, I guess. How much, how much backlog do you have for quilts waiting to be done? Well, during COVID I got up to 75 quilts waiting and I quit counting because it just made me so nervous. But um, right now I probably have about 20 waiting. Mm -hmm. So um, I can't get them out. It depends on what you want. If it's a custom quilt or if it's a, all over pattern and how how long of a turnaround time uh on average would you say it takes somebody comes and requests a quilt and how long less than a month probably mm -hmm. but not the custom i don't do custom as often because they take so long and it it takes me about a week to do a custom quilt because mm -hmm. i gotta really think about it and about how long does it take to do one uh I can do a quilt a day. A quilt a, a day? In a day, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some days I do two quilts. If I'll do a baby quilt and then I'll do a regular size quilt. So when you when you needed to make this change in your life because you had a four-year-old to take care of all of a sudden, um and you kind of came up with this idea of starting a long arm quilting business. Um, that would, I, what I'm coming around to is, is where did you find, how did you come up with the money to buy a machine? Did you finance it or? Yes, we financed the entire machine. We have good credit. And so we didn't have to make a down payment at all. Mm -hmm. Did you have any stress or anxiety over the interest rate that was charged or? No, and I paid it off early. And at first, all I did was make that payment, you know, and sometimes I'd make it twice in a month so I could get it paid off earlier. Mm -hmm. but, um, How long did it first, take to pay husband, off? Oh, I want to say four years, maybe. My husband just told me at first just to worry about paying for the machine, you know, not to stress. So you were able to just put all your turnover uh, back into paying off the machine. Right. Well, not all of it. She, she started taking money out pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, about how, you know, these days you're a long ways away from the starting of your business. Uh, at this point, uh, how many hours would you figure a week that you spend doing customer quilts? now or yeah. back then yeah I was um, every now. day I, I i try to quilt every day i go to work early and i probably get off about three every afternoon and sometimes i stay later if i need to mm -hmm. but I, I my kids are all grown now and gone and so nobody told me how solitary it would be that's you know when you said what you wish somebody would tell you it's a, a lot, lot of time, time you yourself. have to spend with yourself thinking. I mean, you can't help it. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and some people really love that, but in the in the decision that people will sometimes make between do I want to have a, some kind of a little downtown storefront or do I want to work out of my home? Um, obviously, some people, they light up at the idea of working from home where they just are by themselves. And then other people think about that and it sounds like prison and they they're like, well, I don't want to spend $500 a month to rent a little storefront space, but maybe I should, you know, mm -hmm. just just for the just to get away. Mm -hmm. And are you based out of your house? Yes, I used to be upstairs, but um, I live in a really old house and the stairs are very steep and there was no way to put a rail. So we took our 1925 garage and redid it. And that's where my gamble is with all my quilting stuff. Nice. And mm -hmm. this and your quilting is this is your sole profession right now. Is that right? Right now. Yes. Yes. And when when you first started out, uh, were you doing something uh, else with the quilting? Uh, or... I had migraine headaches a lot. And, I, and then my first part of my quilting career, I didn't quilt as much because of my headaches. But with age, they've gotten a lot better. But um, I could not have kept a job before because my migraines were so bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in that respect, this is a good, uh, a good place for you. Yes, and if I had a migraine, and I still, if I have a migraine, I don't work because I mess stuff up, and it takes a long time to fix things that you mess. Mm -hmm. So you've got flexibility with your uh, with your hours, and uh, mm -hmm. when you do stuff. Mm -hmm. So I guess that uh, does that seem like that. Um, does that mean a lot to you having the control over your your time and things like that? I guess I love to quilt. I mean, if they didn't pay me to do it, I'd probably still do it anyway because I just enjoy it. And seeing the smile on the customer's face when they come to pick up their quilt, it's worth it. It's mm -hmm. a great satisfaction, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It is. Mm -hmm. So... um just trying to understand your local market a little bit because it is, you know, it's a small area, right? A population of 2,500. Yes. It's very rural. There's a town uh, about 12 miles away. It's called Woodward mm -hmm. and it's quite a lot bigger. And so there's a quilt shop probably in that town. Yes. There's a, it's a, there's a quilt shop there. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is that a town big enough to have a Walmart? Yes, we have a Walmart. <laughs> See, that's the standard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, if it's big enough for a walmart or if it's just big enough for a dollar general right so, they've got that too <laughs> so in in your area um just for a pantograph uh type overall quilting what what's your per square inch rate on that or what would the price for a queen size be um i charge two and a half cents for a pantograph okay. yep that's a pretty common rate these mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So like a, a queen size quilt, uh, what would you ballpark? What do you think? Uh, it would be with with the batting and thread and everything about $250. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's we hear that. That sounds close to what we hear a lot. Mm -hmm. So... Um, you mentioned having had more than 75 quilts in the backlog during uh, the COVID uh, everybody stay at home and quilt period. Oh, yes. Um, 
do you have any numbers that you can share with us as far as like how many quilts you did in your maybe your worst year in business versus how many in your busiest year? Well, the last two years I did 189 both years. Mm -hmm. And so it's every year it had gotten a little bit better, but um, I'm not sure what the worst years would be. Mm -hmm. Probably pretty light. Mm -hmm. Well, the probably the first couple of years when you were gathering. Oh yeah, maybe right? 25 or 30 quilts a year. I mean, mm -hmm. it was, it, and I couldn't do it in a day either. It took me a while to be able to be faster. Sure, sure. And uh, what do you uh, do? You sell supplies like uh, batting. Uh, yes, batting. And... No fabric, just the batting and the thread and needles. Mm -hmm. Do you offer binding as a service? Yes, I do. I do binding, or I can just sew it on, and then you can hand stitch it down. But mm -hmm. I do that. Sometimes I finish them all the way for some for some people. Mm -hmm. um, have you done t-shirt quilts? I personally have made onesie baby quilts out of little onesies and maternity pants. <laughs> and I made five of those. And um, I was not interested in t-shirt quilts after that experience. Mm -hmm. And they were all for the same lady. <laughs> She saved yeah. every piece of baby clothing her four ki children had. So I made a quilt for each boy and then a quilt for her. Mm. Yeah, we hear that from a lot of people uh, with regard to uh, T-shirt quilts and things like that. Um, there, there, there are some people that, that really do enjoy doing them. And there are a lot of people that do not. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, it's kind of its own kind of creature, you know. It's not like a regular quilt with regular cotton. Yeah, if yeah. you're accustomed to just do, using regular uh, fabric and stuff like that, and you go to a t-shirt quilt, it's everything is different about it. So. It's like trying to quilt a double-knit quilt. If somebody told you, hey, I have a double-knit quilt, can you quilt it? Well, I don't know. Yes. Yes, you could. <laughs> You can quilt. I mean, if they can quilt toilet paper, they can quilt anything. Toilet paper? Has that been? Quilted done? Northern. Yeah. You oh, know, they tough. sell it in the stores. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that's kind I of had outside. a mental image of a toilet paper quilt. <laughs> now, if a person's listening to this in the morning or in the afternoon, I would like to point out to everybody that this is recorded in the evening. And so we've it, been through an entire day of work. An entire day. Yes. We get a little bit loopy at night. So this is one of my favorite questions. And sometimes people have to stop a while and think about it before they really can answer it. And so it's all right if you don't know right away the answer. But uh, what was the hardest part for you for growing your business? Hmm. You know, I don't know. I guess finding enough customers at first was, it was hard. Because mm -hmm. nobody, I mean, if you don't have a name, they really don't want to give you their quill. I've heard so many bad stories, you know, about people, their quilts getting messed up or something. 
Mm. That's why my mom bought her own quilt machine. And she took her quilt to this lady and she totally ruined it. Mm. So she bought her own machine so she could ruin her own quilts. <laughs> I I saw that joke coming because I thought, <laughs> wait a minute, the when you first buy a machine, now we don't we don't hardly let people ruin their even their first quilt. We've got uh we've got um one thing people probably don't know about is when you work here at Gamble, you actually have to learn stuff about quilting. And uh, so even uh, earlier on today in the hallway over there, um, somebody was uh, got to the point of her new owner training. Uh, I mean, she works here, but she got to the point of her training where she was um, loading up her very first quilt and, um, and starting the quilting. And um, it's funny just worked here for three and a half years or something and uh, been to lots of quilt shows and stuff. But still, when you go and do it for yourself with, uh, with nobody helping you, um, she, she felt like she was overly critical of the work that she did. And I pointed out how a lot of it was actually pretty nice. So. <laughs> And the thing is, there's a lot more resources available now than even probably when you first started, uh, Connie. Yeah. Yes. You know, you can get uh, new owner training videos and uh, even talk one-on-one uh, -on -one with some of the educators and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. Or take classes. I've done that. Yes. Mm -hmm. We do have a question on here. Um, uh, how do you charge for thread uh by the bobbin they're asking do you charge by the bobbin or is yes that by the doing? bobbin yes it's a okay. dollar 25 a bobbin is what i charge and i have a thread charge also it depends on what size the quilt is but okay. for a queen size quilt it'd be about ten dollars okay so this is not just anybody asking the question I this know. is somebody that we interviewed on this podcast yeah, i was about before. to get to that so and Amy is watching us and she says, send me your t-shirt quilts. Amy Mathias. Yeah. If you see one, one of our recent uh, podcasts, uh, she is the t-shirt queen. Yep. Um, it is one of those things. If you know how to do them, I think it's, I don't know. It's probably like baking a cake. If you know how to bake a cake, it's not particularly difficult. If you don't know how to bake a cake, you probably don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I prefer to eat the cake. Um, so, uh, what, so the hardest part of, of growing your business, I, I was going to ask you a follow-up question and you said, you know, finding customers in the early days. Um, but I was wondering by any chance, was there any sort of a, any sort of a time at which you felt like you kind of had a breakthrough in terms of acquiring clients or was it more of a just kind of a slow and steady adding one or two here and there the whole way well i got in with this quilt store and um they've really helped me they fell in love with me and i fell in love with them and they've really helped me you know with my customer base mm, i visit okay. them every two weeks and um, we spend the day together and we go eat lunch together and we sew and I meet customers and it's, it's a fun day. Right. 
Well, that certainly in my mind, that kind of qualifies as kind of a little bit of a, a breakthrough in the terms of, you know, mm -hmm. all of a sudden now you have access to all of their customers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Do you see any, um, uh, any results of uh, customer wise uh, from your Facebook or social media or not so Sometimes much? Sometimes I've, I don't know. Yeah. Just be for real. If you don't, you know, There's people yeah. watching that want to know what works for you and what, you know, I would say Facebook would be more than the Instagram because most of my friends on Instagram are not people that are around here, you know, that Facebook is to me is more people that I meet. Mm -hmm. Do you do any um, uh, shipping or mailing? Uh, uh, yes. Yes, quilts? I do. I've done quilting by mail before. Mm -hmm. Is that something you continue uh with the I mean do you get some of that regularly or yes I've um had a couple of customers that have moved and they mail me their quilts mm -hmm. and then I mail them back yeah we are quick creatures of habit and you would right I, I wish I could go get a haircut from the lady that used to cut my hair in a different state <laughs> um so um so you've been long arm quilting for quite a long time now. Um, through all of the ups and the downs and the challenges, who's been your biggest cheerleader or supporter? My mom. It's been I didn't even want to be a quilter. I broke my ankle and she swooped down on me with a little featherweight and some fabric. And it kind of morphed from there. You were a captive but audience. She's, <laughs> she's thrilled. So while you were uh, incapacitated and, and crippled, your mother forced you to start uh, doing some quilting. Okay. Yes. Starting she created a monster. <laughs> but now you like it. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. My husband was glad, too, because I kept looking at DIY TV and I kept telling him all this stuff we were going to do to this house. Mm. Yeah, we could put a barn door right there. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I keep coming back and thinking about, you know, here you were, you had a, all of a sudden you had a, a four-year-old to raise uh, and you needed to be home to be able to do that. Um, tell us a little bit about, I mean, you, you, you weren't making a lot of money right off the bat. But now looking back on it, what kind of impact has that made on your on your life? The the ability to work from home and that sort of thing, because people are really interested in that. Well, my husband had an accident a couple of years ago and fell off the house and broke his heel and was incapacitated for a really long time. And there's no way I could have worked and took care of him at a real job. Because he needed he needed a nurse, pretty much. Hmm. So my job has afforded me. I mean, that's one thing I love about it is I can, if I need to go somewhere, I can go. It doesn't matter. I don't have to ask. Mm -hmm. So your job quilting has enabled you to take care of the grandchild uh, when that unexpected injury with your husband happened. 
be there for him. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I see a lot of flexibility in what you're describing. Mm -hmm. There he is. There's a lot. So what's something that you wish someone would have told you when you first started? Probably how much time I spent by myself. <laughs> that that surprised you. It really did. I listened to the mu I listened to music when I quilt. I think it helps. But it's still there's just some days I go out there and I'm like, oh, I hope somebody stops by today. <laughs> <laughs> You sound like you need to expand your business, get another <laughs> machine, and have somebody else come in and quilt with you. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> or or rent some space in the quilt shop and go in there. True, true. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we talk to a lot of people uh, that are that work in quilt shops, and uh, yeah, you know. It's a lot of fun. I've subbed at my local quilt store. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, all these years ago that you got your machine and, and started down this road, um, for for somebody who is, you know, dreaming about maybe doing this and they've got a maybe a husband that they need to convince or they're trying to figure out where they're going to, you know, find the money. And normally normally if you want to do it, the money can be found, but it can be kind of stressful to make that decision. Um, what advice would you give to somebody who really does need to make a change and do what you're doing? What do they need to know? That it's doable. I mean, it's up to you really how many hours you want to put in and how hard you want to work. I mean, it's not like the customers are roll, start rolling in just because you got a machine. You got to get out there and hustle and talk to people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's very true. You've got to get some quilts. Yeah, you've got to be able to communicate with people very well, I think. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, sometimes you have a difficult customer. It just happens. Some people are just more gracious than others. Mm-hmm. That uh, uh, I know we're we're getting closer to the end here, but um, that uh, talking about dealing with difficult customers, that that's something that uh, from time to time we have uh, we've talked uh, with some different guests about. Um, is that like? Can you think of any um, specific um, times when you've had difficulty dealing with people? Uh, what types of situations uh, come up, and uh, and how do you, how you deal with those that you could tell I people are watching? One difficult lady that I finally um, raised my prices enough to where she she found another quilter, and um, she just couldn't grasp the fact that I was not a computer. She wanted me to do a a free motion quilt, and I told her what I could do. And she just couldn't get over that I couldn't do what she wanted. <laughs> and I don't even remember what happened. It's been so long ago, but I think I finally priced her out. Hmm. But every quilt we did was difficult. Every single one of them. And I think she just needed to get her own long arm. Hmm. So the, the in that particular case, the, the pricing was kind of the, 
the mode. Yeah, of, that was the, right. <laughs> that's what, awful to say, but that's what I did. What she didn't know was that it was a, there was a little surcharge being added to her estimates <laughs> for having uh, to deal with her. <laughs> yes. But some people you just can't please. Mm, as hard as you try. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Well, um, we, uh, Bobby just checked the Q&A to see if there were any new questions, but we don't have any more. Um, Connie, thank you so much for uh, joining us and and um, and sharing your story. If somebody wanted to find you on Facebook or if you have a website mm -hmm. or somewhere else, where where is it that they would look you up? Uh, Connie's Long Arm Quilting on Facebook. Connie's Long Arm Quilting. In what town again? Moreland, Oklahoma. Moreland, Oklahoma. Okay. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Right. Well, Connie, we we really do appreciate you coming on. With oh, well, us thank today. you for having me. I've enjoyed myself. All right. Thank you so much. And we'll see you all next week. Thank you for joining us today on Quilting Business Success. We hope you've been inspired by these stories of quilters just like you who have turned their dreams into reality. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. One of the best things you can do to support us is to write a glowing review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you're using to listen to the show. Those reviews help bring us up in the algorithm so that more quilters are exposed to our show. What would you like to change in your life, and what steps can you take today to bring you closer to the life that you want?